Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, we ended up in the offseason a little bit earlier than we wanted to, but uh, that's okay because we're here at the Sun Ranto Show to entertain your ass all winter long and uh, part of the fall and spring, unfortunately. So, uh, anyway, I just wanted to uh, give a quick shout-out to all of our Patreon subscribers, which you are not one of. And do you know how I know? It's because you're listening to the free feed and not the Patreon feed, which you could be getting early and completely ad-free. So why don't you go over to patreon.com slash sunranto, and for only a dollar a month, not only can you join our Patreon campaign and help support the show, but also I've started a new Facebook page called... Uh, the Patreon, the Sunranto Super Ranters. That's what it's called. And you could be a part of it if only you'd subscribe. It's only a dollar a month and it really helps us out. Uh, please do it. It's patreon.com slash sunranto. Also, for all your shopping needs, go over to sunranto.com slash shopping. And if you shop at Amazon or MLB or NHL or uh, wine, beer, uh, anything you guys buy, you can buy it there, buy it through us, you help out the show. That's all I have to say about that. So here is the first show of the offseason. Booyah! Covey blue blood flowing through our veins. Sitting in the bleachers in the rain. We've shed a million tears and drank as many old-style beers out at the game. Let's go, Cubby Sunrento. Michael Cotton. Sunrento. Jenkins, you're listening to Sean Randall, the 69th Beth Cup podcast. Michael, you said it wrong again. It's Sean Randall. You go, Sean <laughs> Randall. That's hey, it. guys. Welcome to, the, nice. welcome to the first off-season edition, unfortunately, of the Sean Randall show. Uh, I'm, I'm Danny Rocket. Up there this is, is Cotton. Like our third off-season this season. Mm-hmm. We had yeah. an off season, then we had a post postseason. We had post season, post postseason. No, we now we're back to postseason. No, we had post off season. Don't you remember that we had post oh, off season? Yeah, after uh, the the uh, in March when everything shut down, then we kept going, and we we're like, oh, this is a post off season, and now we're uh, that now this is then we had a season. Uh, now, now, now it's October seventh. They're still playing baseball, but the Cubs aren't. So it's off postseason. It's off postseason, <laughs> and then pretty soon we'll have um, off off season. Well, uh, sorry to be confusing. Hi everybody, uh, Danny Rocket here. Michael Cotton up in the corner. 
Crawley up in the other corner. He's sharing sh- and sharing alike with I, all I, of I love to share with everybody. Yeah, he's he's out there promoting our our show. And, uh, and by the way, I know that you could. Yeah, now, David Elliott writes in. It's now the post posterous season or post posterous season. Um, it is. Uh, and yeah, I guess uh, I guess what I wanted to say is um, hi, everybody. <laughs> hi. Uh, I know you could be watching the presidential debates or vice presidential debates, but instead you're watching this. Uh, you know, I know that'll be really exciting. Mike Pence is there with his mom. And uh, Kamal Harris is there to uh, basically tear his face off. And so that should be interesting. But, you know, I don't need to well, see that. You can't live. get to him because there's plexiglass, I think, in between. Yeah, there's plexiglass. So it's like, you know, the whole thing's off what I was going to tune in for. So I figured we'd do a Cub show instead. I mean, uh, think- in all honesty, does anyone not know who they're voting for at this point? Like, oh, I, I don't know how anybody over the last decade or more. I mean, 20 years, like since I've been able to vote. There's been no question (laughs) like on either side, you know who you're going to vote for. Right. It just seems like to me pretty pointless, but I'm glad everybody's here because I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I I really struggle with this time of year mentally. Um, I I wish like, like I know like people that can just all of a sudden like baseball's done. They do the Homer Simpson thing, drift back and then come back with like their bear stuff on. And they're like, like nothing happened. Like I can't do that. I, I struggle and I don't mean to bitch just because we were really fortunate. Uh, Danny, I know you caught some rooftop games. Michael was with us for the game one of the NLDS. Oh, I'm I'm still uh, distancing from my family. <laughs> but you know, I got to go to I got to go to two games in spring training. So I was lucky, man. But it, it was it's always hard. I always hate the last day of the baseball season. And then this year was just tougher because. Uh, for me, every time I go to Wrigley Field, like once I get close to that place, like I get this energy and I'm all over. I'm just so excited. I'm like, I'm like a kid in a candy store. I've been to Wrigley hundreds of times. I can't even count how many times I've been down there, but every time is special going into the park, seeing the people that you've grown up with, you know, your beer vendors, the guy who take, you know, who's by your seat. My guy's Mike. I'm sure you got your guy, you know, the places you go to, the people you've met. No, I, I don't, I don't drink. I don't. Me neither. But the places you go to and the people that you meet and stuff down there, and it's just like you didn't get that this year, and it just feels like you were cheated. So it just takes this really hard time and makes it like doubly hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah I, I used to flip right into like, you know, fantasy football and all that shit, but uh, I kind of got out of that. And now the Bears, I don't know. Actually, since I started doing this show, Danny, since, since, I really became an actual, like a, a fan that really pays attention. I mean, we're all fans, right? And we pay attention, right? You know, you you know, you kind of you no, catch maybe I, like twenty games Cubs, a year. Doing a Cubs show makes you pay very specific attention because otherwise, I'm going to come on this show and not have anything to talk about to anybody, you know, or anything to write about or or sing about. But um, Crawley, this might help. Uh, you know, I went down there today and I watched, or not today, uh, the other day, right after the loss, and I was like, oh, I'm going to go down there and I'm going to see what there is to see. And and I just happened to see that the L flag was still up from the day before, and I watched it. <laughs> exactly, it was like, why didn't you? Why even fly that thing? 
Why are you even flying an L flag? Like you don't want to put, and I know the history that you could go by on the subway and see whether they won or lost, but guess what? Everybody, you know what? No, everybody checks on their phone. If you care, if the Cubs won or lost, you I, already know you I don't need to look fucking, out the red line train. I fucking love it, Danny. I love it because it is, it is, uh, accountability. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's loser dumb. You can't you can't walk past any other ballpark and know whether the team won or lost the last game. Have to I, hold ourselves accountable. Have to hold ourselves accountable. There's Theo from Red Carter. I I, I, I do accountable, 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 accountable. <laughs> I uh, I do agree that I, I like the tradition and the history of it. I know some people don't like the L flag. I like it, man. If you're gonna I fly the W, have fly an L the L flag sitting right next to me. <laughs> well um yeah i mean but they did put it i watched it get lowered so you could see in the four pictures that i'm putting up right now you got it up there and then it's coming down a little bit then i watched it disappear and you know there was something cathartic about that moment when i watched are you serious you oh yeah you that's the elf leg is though from losing weight though that was a a biggest loser weight loss I, yeah, I tried to give that away one time, but I ended up making posters for those people. And one guy, one guy actually hated Danny so much he did he he never gave me his uh, address. <laughs> he was just like because we did it with Ivy Envy, which uh, R.I.P. Ivy Envy. They did they even do a last show? Yeah, I never heard did, the, they the did the a last game. show. They did a last. I didn't hear the last last game i heard the second to last game is that the last one they put out i don't That's even know the last one i've heard okay anyway well, I, I know they're gonna do one final final one but i uh you know just to tangent off might as well it's off season uh just to tangent off real quick did you see that evan altman from cubs insider he got a andre dawson cameo done for his father who had spinal surgery so get well soon mr altman yes and uh well soon yeah, and uh, but he had an Andre Dawson cameo done, and I was like, oh, I've got the perfect thing. What if we get Andre Dawson, licensed funeral director, to declare Ivy Envy officially dead? That would 70, be wonderful. $75 is all we need. I, I think I could swing it. You know, I think we'll use some of the ranchers, but hey, we can spend $1,000 on three tickets. We can, uh, we can spend $75. Um, yeah, I should mention this. Uh, I, I made a few changes to the Patreon uh, because this is how I do it. Crawley, you sit around sad. I freak out and I'm like, oh, shit, what am I going to do with all my time? Oh, my God, I got all this extra time. So I mixed two songs for the Bleacher Bum Band album, which I was totally ignoring. And I changed everything about Patreon. Uh, so what, one thing that we have now, and this is the only thing I'm going to really talk about, is we have a Patreon-only Facebook page Ooh. called the Sun, Sun Rantos Super Ranters. And uh, the idea behind it is that we can ex- we can stream from this situation exclusively to you. Maybe we can do some like, you know, kind of call in shows, video call in shows where we can answer questions or uh, even bring you on screen and have you, uh, you know, talk to us um, also. And then yeah, just store- like rich people pay for television access. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and the reason we kind of wanted to do that is we're always looking for ways that we can kind of exclusify our Patreon list. So, uh, you know, give you extra special stuff. So we're always looking for that. If you have any ideas about that, you know, please feel free to be like, hey, why don't you do this for us? And maybe I will. And I'll be your little cam girl. But um, anyway, join the Patreon. It's only a buck a month. You can what pay for call that now. Only fans. Only fans. Yeah. Join oh, my only fans. Oh, I thought it was just fans. 
No, old oh, Dexter. What side have I been going to? That's a good yeah. question. That's like, oh. that's, yeah, no, that's some bullshit. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we're making a lot of changes to the Patreon, and I hope you guys will uh, choose to join on. Um, we do have a lot of music. I released two songs on there that I mixed yesterday. They're not totally mixed, but, you know, I, I put up the rough mixes so you can see what's kind of going on with everything. You know, that's at the $5 level. Um, I'm going to be posting more photographs. I, you know, it's kind of one of the things I used to do a lot is post a ton of photos of the games I took and the shot of the shot and all that stuff. And, you know, that's a lot of work for me. So I'm like, hey, I'm only going to give this to the people that actually pay us from now on. So, you know, that's kind of how that's going to work. But, um, you know, if you've ever uh, – if you can't afford Patreon and you and you and you're a big part of what we've done here over the past bunch of years, and you can't afford a buck a month uh, because of whatever reason. You know, just let me know. I'll still let you in. You know what I mean? I'm not like mm-hmm. some gatekeeper asshole. I'm just I'm another whatever. Guy. Ask ask your parents. They got a buck. You know, tell them you're going down to get a soda at the store, and they'll give you a buck. I used to do that shit all the time, and, and, and then, always, and then you, you know, like I could get a buck. And then you give that to me, and, and yeah. they give that dollar straight and to me. And then we give you Pat Rions. The wait is finally over, and a triple header of fun is upon us this week. Football is in full effect, with many teams strutting their stuff early. The NBA Finals are here, and the MLB playoffs are in full swing, even though the Cubs aren't in them. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantages of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. So, uh, the other announcement I have is that uh, Bleacher Bum Band album, one of the songs that I did mix the other day was One Out Closer to a Beer. And I thought it would be really fun for a first music video for this thing, because it's almost done, is that why don't everybody send me your photographs? Of you at Wrigley Field drinking a beer. Just you and your know, family. Man. I don't have any of those. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, you're just going to have to maybe uh, Photoshop one in, Crawley, because I know <laughs> that when you're at the game, you like to keep it real sober and so you can watch the game and you're keeping score up there and uh, you're watching every pitch. Uh, so, uh, no, uh, it, so send me your pictures of you with your family, just one. Send them to sunranto at gmail.com. Don't tweet them to me. Because they're hard to download from there, from like d- DMs, you know what I mean? So just uh, please Facebook message them or email sunranto at Gmail. And that's my only other announcement. Now I'm going to put that uh, together sometime soon. Cool. You could be in a music video. So uh, I figure uh, we should start, uh, you know, with a final rakes and flakes. Oh, that's where you want to start? Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, no, I think I think we start with rakes and flakes. Let's let's just get rid of this guy. I don't want to even talk about what just happened in any I, of these games or even this season ever again. This was garbage. No, we'll talk about it. I'm sure it's going to come up. But I'm just saying, let's pinch off the rakes and flakes. Let's get it out of the way and uh, and call. Well, it, you know, call and that's day. and that's fine. The rakes is a little bit disheartening anyway so let's move on uh hit me hit me with my uh where's my drop today i'm gonna show you how to rake show me how to rake well you know what ian Happ started this year showing everybody how he was gonna rake right 
We ended the year with the highest OPS plus at 131. Highest on the team. That's great. Led the team in hits, slugging, home runs, was tied for first with walks. He was second in RBI and batting average and OBP. At this point, you might be thinking, I guess that makes sense. But didn't Hap fall off at the end of the year? The yeah, I think he that. did. Yeah. Yes. Hap hit two homers on September 5th in the first game of a doubleheader versus the Cardinals. That was it. That was the peak of his game with a 317, 423, 690 slash for an 1113 OPS. From that point on, September 5th, he had no more homers. His average dropped 59 points. He struck out 27 times, compared mm. to only 11 hits and eight walks. And it was brutal. So he's sort of the raker. You know, he's hap, you know, interesting season. He comes on strong. He had a good end of last year, too, if you remember. Like, you know, if you go back to the end of 2019 when he got sent down. Put and together we were, almost a whole season between the two years. Yeah. And we were like, we are freaking out. We're like, why did they send him down? What did he do? He was like raking down there. And like he was he was having a good year even at AAA. And they brought him up and that continued. Uh, he he had a wonderful end of last year. Is hitting the ball hard, going to the opposite field, using all fields, spraying the ball all over the place. And uh, then he came back. He came back on strong. And you know, I feel like he would have put it back together. I mean, in I th- a longer season, or is yeah, that the was- worst? Yeah, in a longer season, like you're going to slump, and maybe he was in a, his September swoon, and or which would have been May or whatever. And, and then- he hit a home run in the playoffs. Yeah. He was right. only he's the like the only run we scored the entire playoffs. Yeah, I so I agree with you, Danny. I think you know a, a one less than a month or right about a month sort of dip in totally a totally acceptable. There, there's three now, things. Do you buy? There's there's three things. Do you buy you it? Look, there's three things that you look at here. Okay, number one, like Michael was saying, was what you guys were saying is it's just a dip. You know what I mean? Which are going to come the ebb and flows of a of a, you know, a baseball season. Okay. The second thing you have to ask yourself is how bad was that injury when he fouled the ball and it hit him in the eye? Because right away you can draw a direct, you know, correlation when he starts to swing down. Crawley, I looked into that. So he got hit in the eye on September 3rd. He missed September 4th. His first game back was September 5th. And that was the first, that was a doubleheader against the Cardinals. He hit two homers in that first game back. And then nothing. He went downhill from there. So I, I was with you. I was like, man, that uh, that thing must hurt. But I don't understand how he hit two homers in that first game, and then went downhill. Like it seems like it should have started a little bit before that. It was weird. And then the other issue so that is, buy, is, is do, that- you, do you buy an Ian Happ like resurgence, and that this is the guy that's going to lead us to the next title? Like I'm not he's, the buy- new, he's the leadoff hitter, he's a switch hitter, he's our center fielder for the next five years. This guy's I mean, going to just hit title two two eighty to three hundred every year. He's good for twenty five home runs. He's going to drive in a hundred. Like, is this well, who you think he could be? The third thing that you have to think about, I, I mentioned number one, was it just a regular slump? Number two, was it that eye injury? Or number three, the question would be, did the pressure get to him a little bit? Because all of a sudden he was your offense. And, and, you know, and they were, were talking MVP for him for the right. year. Like that's, that changes 
your perception. And then now that could sort of lead into that slump a little bit and maybe he works his way out because he's no longer an MVP candidate. Dude, dude he got a job selling mom jeans. Like he, <laughs> he, Muggsy jeans. Yeah, I mean, the pressure, the pressure on you from selling that fine denim. But we talked about that before that, you know, we kept saying all year, you know, these the big studs have got to start hitting because it's not going to always be Hap, Hayward, and those guys uh, that were kind of carrying you earlier. And, and again, then all of a sudden when, the, when it's not you, when, when everything is dependent on you to get the offense, to get the runs, that, that's a different mindset. You expect it from Javi. You expect it from KB. You expect it from Rizzo. Ooh, not this year. Well, not this year, of course, but, but, but Hap – now all of a sudden it's like Ian, you better do something or else we're not going to score. That's it's a different mindset, and that's and and as you remember that KB also got a job, and that was uh, shilling for Midwest Express <laughs> Clinic, and, and all these uh, all these take- guys with these these second jobs too bad they don't make enough money ricketts refused to pay them so they got to go out and get these other jobs Um, like i make like 25 to thirty thousand dollars a year on on average for like the last seven years and if somebody offered me a job i'd be like eh when do, I don't really have time. To be fair, <laughs> Danny, you know what I mean? Like I'm like I got they, plenty they of money. Twenty-five to thirty thousand on their little appearance. They oh. had four pictures taken. It took them an hour right. and a half, and they were done. If they pay me thirty grand for that, but like they're they're asking me to you know get fifteen dollars an hour to go work at Aldi or something. You know what I mean? Like that's the only other job I can get. So well, you know, um, I want to bring this up though. Okay, and this is about Theo Epstein, and we're, we're going to get into his whole presser and everything. But he he uh, this is from an article in the Athletic. Epstein doesn't believe that contact should be the main focus when it comes to the Cubs' flawed offense, <laughs> which is probably the yeah. issue. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, at least not when looking back at 2020. The Cubs had the fourth highest ground ball rate in baseball. The Cubs, the Cubs made hard contact at times. <laughs> the Cubs. The Cubs. <laughs> <laughs> the Cubs. Oh, we got Cubs, my friend. Right here in River City. Right here. Um, you didn't think you were going to get Music Man tonight, did you? Um, Cubs I, made. I think I'm getting Music Man every night. Yeah. Well, you live in Iowa. Uh, Cubs. <laughs> Cubs made hard contact at times, but overall they were 18th in exit velocity for a team built on power. It didn't show up often enough as they were 19th in baseball with the 167 ISO, a statistic that measures power. So, I mean, that is low. I mean, they were not hitting the ball hard. We saw that in the Marlins series. Yeah. You know, we, we saw we, it. We saw that in the, the Pirates, Pirates series. Oh, yeah. It's like the, you're the like Pir- popping it up and like the, the Pirates are hitting home run after home run after home run. And the Cubs, like, they're just barely getting to the warning track. See, and, and that is what we're talking about with contact we aren't specifically saying they need to put the ball in play more which we would like that but the cubs are not making good contact i don't think that what theo said makes sense in this fact that like he's saying oh well contact isn't the issue right but it is it's bad contact well they need better contact and i think that's across the spectrum of the term contact it's not just putting more balls into play but hitting them well because they were swinging through pitches like it was going out of style i mean how many times did we see javi you know just whip through a ball that just went right past him you know and then when kb would hit something it would go straight up in the air and back to the screen 
Well, Theo, Theo, again, we'll talk about it later in the press conference. And Danny, you brought it up, and I have the I had the same uh, stuff from that. That whole athletic article was really, really good. Um, but it it really we we've talked about what this team is before three true outcome team. But when you can't hit the home run and you don't have the power, that's what your offense is predicated on. That's a problem. And when you have guys like Chris Bryant not hitting home runs, and you have guys like Kyle Schwarber not hitting home runs. you're you're going to be in a lot of trouble. So you expect the walks, you expect the strikeouts, and you expect the home runs. But if the home runs don't come, that's a big part of that equation that you're missing. You have to be able to make some sort of an adjustment, right? Like you can't only go for the home run. Well, here's what Theo had to say about it. I got a little sound drop for it. Fundamentally, if you want more more contact – um, the best way to approach that is to is to employ hitters who who make contact. So he's 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 got to figure it out, guys. He if you he <laughs> understands that if you want players that make more contact, you go and hire players that make contact. So right, don't you don't worry. take the players that used to make contact and don't anymore. You don't tell you don't figure out a way to get them back. You just go get different players. God, how does Theos know everybody that he's so smart? He's just like says nothing and everybody's like, hmm. You know, so, <laughs> are, we, are we jumping ahead of ourselves though? Yeah, yeah, we, we are. We are. We are. Let's let's can, jump back can into I the say one thing let me say one thing about uh about this contact thing though. It's they have the Cubs numbers for years now. The the th- you know, they know where they can't hit the fastball. They throw them that mm-hmm. high heat. When they throw the high fastball and they're trying to elevate, they're like, okay, they're all Chris Bryant's dad. Get it up there. Get it up there. So they throw them the high heat. And so they can't get under that. You know what I mean? You can't lift that ball. So instead of like figuring out how you're going to smack that ball this way or that, you know, they're just like, nope, got to get it under it. And, you know, it just seems like they have never made been able to make that adjustment. And, and, and that's why the ball shoots straight up in the air. Correct. Because and they're the, still trying the to get that launch angle on it, but it's too high of a pitch for them to do it. And that is – that has been across the major leagues, the defense against launch angle. So uh, – And if you want to fix that, freaking figure out a way to smack a couple doubles that way. You know, figure out that way, and they're going to stop, you know, throwing it to you real fast. If you just hit five doubles in a row on high fastballs, they're going to they're going to throw you something you can lift, and that's how it works. That's how everybody adjusts to each other over time. Because you know, it's you could be looking in the past, or you could be like, "Hey, this is what they're actually doing to me," and not tr- and having to adjust your launch angle situation. And what is the answer? Another hitting coach. You know, it's like, yeah, come on, yeah. Iapochi, bring back Mally. People are saying, I'm like, oh, God, let's get I'm, them all. I'm pretty sure Mally College has of hitting job. coaches. Let's, let's get them all. College of hitting coaches. Let's do it. You I don't Mally, know where Mally's Chilly. working. He's working with the Anaheim Angels. Joe hired him. Oh, yeah, Joe. Jesus Christ. Well, then, we don't want – maybe we don't want him. All right. Know, should, but, should, uh, should we move on back? to – Oh yeah, you want to do flakes or let, let's let let me finish up. Well, actually, I'm going to finish up the rakes because one of the guys I wanted to give a shout out to didn't have the overall numbers to really be a raker, but I wanted to shout out David Bodie because this is a guy that does make contact. He gets up there and in big situations, he gets hits and he drives people in. Look, RBI is an antiquated stat. I get it, but. He has the most RBI on the team when seven other guys had more plate appearances than he did. And he had the most RBI on the team. He was number one, right, at 29. Uh, 
you know, that says something about him being clutch. And he drove in more runs than he had hits on the season. He he had 29 runs batted in. He had like 27 hits. Like that's what we call production. He yeah, he only hit 200 and he, he struck out a bunch. But the 200, the one-fifth of the time that he was hitting, he was making noise and doing things that the Cubs really fucking needed. And you know, it's just amazing that he was so low in plate appearances and still drove in the most runs on the team. I don't think RBI is as much as an antiquated stat. I know people don't look at it the same way, but people realize that you can't control that. Like hypothetically, if you have nobody in front of you and you're on a shitty team, you may have bad RBIs. But for a guy like David Bodie and what you're talking about, he was what you know when it came to having guys on base, he was the one guy that you felt comfortable may make contact and may drive in a run compared to the rest of the guys. Yeah, um, if you're a leadoff hitter, you're not going to get RBI. That's why it's kind of one of those weird stats that you can't really. You know, you don't get a lot of them or where you're at in the lineup, you might not get a lot of the opportunities. But when you're the eighth most played appearances and you have the most RBI, that says something like even though the the stat itself, you can't just spread that around to everybody equally and just say, oh, this means this thing. Right. It does mean something when you see the production that this guy had. Right. So. Can, can I let me bring up uh, this was pointed out to me by infield fly girl on Twitter today. And I did and uh, check out his uh, splits. These are these are David Bodie's clutch <laughs> clutch splits. His splits are dumb. Ridiculous. They're the <laughs> dumbest thing ever. So his he's got a runners in scoring position batting average of 379, which is a, a TOPS plus of 230. Uh, then, so 379 batting average, 1.176 OPS, uh, in, with runners in scoring position with nobody on, he's batting 0. 0.070. <laughs> he's got it. He's got an OPS plus of 11. He's 90% worse than anybody else in the majors when nobody's on base. When with it doesn't no- mean anything, he's at his worst. Yeah. When it with- means the most, he's like at his best. Not, not that not. I mean, getting on is nice too, you know. But he can't do it unless there's uh, somebody on with him. What so, you're saying is he's not a leadoff hitter material. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Joe would have already had him lead off for like a month. <laughs> so, uh, with men on, he batted three oh nine, just in general, like just man on first, you know. Uh, yeah. and and he's you know fifty four percent better than uh, your best hitter, and then uh, you know with bases loaded. Now he only had five plate appearances, but he batting four hundred. And when you look at what Honestly, happened with the- getting five plate appearances with the bases loaded in a sixty game season, that's a lot of opportunities. Like that's not a normal thing to get a chance with bases loaded. Okay, so KB's in the last year of his contract. You've got David Bodie for a few years longer than that with that extension that he signed last year, I believe. And so, what do you think? I mean, can you go with Bodie at third base? I mean, uh, here's a, here also the other thing about Bodie is the same way fielding. Remember how he can't make a routine play, but he can <laughs> yeah, he can true. do these spectacular things like doing cartwheels, turning upside down, putting on a Chewbacca mask, like doing a seed, and then throwing it to and turning a double play. Whereas if it's just like a slow grounder right to him, he just like can't really get get it yep. up for it. 
David right. Elliott is Bodie the opposite of Bryant in clutch clutch. He might be, but the problem is he's going to get a lot more opportunities with nobody on base than he will with bases loaded sort of a, a situation. It's like, and that's where you end up with that 200 batting average and just sort of the overall numbers don't look great, but you know, yeah. he, he kind of is a bench guy, right? Like maybe, I don't know if he gets more time if he gets better. Yeah. Crawl, you start him. Did you move Bryant? Like, you know, there's a lot of moving pieces here. I think, I think we'll get to that a little bit later about who stays and who goes, but you know, I don't think he's an everyday player at third. I don't think yeah. you're, you're going to make up for that. You think he gets exposed at some point. That oh yeah. You, absolutely. Yeah. So he's like the new Tommy LaStella. He's the 3 a.m. You know, kind of thing. Although Tommy um, LaStella is a free no, agent. I think Tommy LaStella is, is a lot different. I think he's, he's actually the kind of hitter the Cubs are looking for. His defense sucked. So it's one of those things that, you know, in hindsight, if you knew you were going to have the DH, and we don't even know if they're going to have the DH next year, I'm assuming they oh will. Oh, my God. I'm assuming they Everything will. Everything but- stays. Everything right. stays. The MLB is going into the fucking garbage over it's this It's ruined forever. It's already done. The deed is done. Uh, um, can I, can I'm I already pre- hearing people who are, like, happy about it. But I would say DH. that if, if you have a DH, Tommy Lestell is a perfect candidate for DH. We got a lot of perfect candidates for DH, except for that they stink at hitting. Except for but, nobody did any good at DH this year. Yeah, exactly. Let me tell you about how bad the DH was this year. Uh, rushing baseball, Cooper uh, writes in, uh, writes out, the Cubs really let Victor Caratini take 132 plate appearances at DH, resulting in a 661 OPS. Well, Schwarber produced the MLB left field worst for OAA. What is OAA? Uh, um, 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 oops, above average. <laughs> <laughs> it, it wouldn't have been a negative number then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> and then Full Count Tommy says, the Vic at DH stuff this year was mind-blowing. Like, I can't believe that lasted the whole season. And D West writes in, Vic was really frustrating this year. I don't know why he swung at 10% fewer pitches in the zone and made contact on 5% fewer of those pitches. Uh, that doesn't seem like actually like all, all of I, all of this stuff though is kind of going into Theo's press conference. Exactly. I wish. So, yeah. So, yeah. I yeah, think if is. we kind of hold Whoops. on from that. But yeah, okay. but let me tell you though, the DH not a productive role on the on the team this year. It, and what? The why, DH has just never been that productive. People you, want to say because they you know people like Big Poppy are or uh, Frank Thomas are fucking larger than life amazing athletes that kill the ball but league-wide it doesn't make a huge difference and that's like yes i'll agree pitchers don't hit well i understand that when they do it's way more exciting than when a dh gets a hit that's for sure and i think it just allows you to have a guy like schwarber playing left field all the time and use caratini as your dh because you can put an extra, you know, uh, guy who's not that great fielding in there. Oh, well, actually, no, actually, I flipped that around. You get a guy like, uh, uh, shit, what's this? I don't know. You you can get, have a better fielder in there and not as good hitting because you're not going to have the dead spot in your lineup. There's a lot that you could do with it. But again, like a guy like Tommy LaStella who – just was a negative for you on defense is now all of a sudden a guy who can hit the hell out of the ball, but just can't field real well. 
now you have a position for him. So that's what we're kind of looking at, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, I mean, it's, well, we it didn't makes know. for boring baseball. Well, and also we didn't know before the season, it, we didn't even know if we were going to have a season and they implemented the DH at the last minute. Like we weren't gonna, going into the season thinking we had a DH. Right. You know, uh, so, I mean, the Cubs used to be built for a DH, but baseball changed and now we have no hitters at all. So right, we, we ruined every hitter. So, so that, that's, so why don't we get into the flakes then? Are you ready for flakes? Let's do flakes. All right. I haven't worried about flakes since my grunge days. Remember them? Kinda. A little bit. Not much. I like her. Uh, You know, this is going to be Javi Baez this year. Mm. Um, The guy just completely fell off the table. He played in 59 games. He tied with Schorber for the most games and was the worst hitter on the team in terms of OPS+. He struck out the most and he walked the least in the second most played appearances on this team. Uh, that being said, he was tied with Rizzo for the third most hits on this team and the fourth most home runs. Uh, but I think that says more about the lack of hits on this team than it does about being a bright spot for Javi. Yeah, brutal, man. It, no, it, that was the worst I've ever seen of Javier Baez, and now he's in a contract year. So, I mean, I mean, technically I think 24 or 20, yeah, 2014 was the worst. I don't know. I mean, it's just, we wait, expected wait, wait. him to be bad then right. and the team sucked. So nobody cared. 2014, he was still not an established major league hitter. Yeah, Two right. years ago, he was an MVP candidate. Yeah. You don't expect to fall that bad. And that's, and that's the difference I think. You know, so I, I'm just saying, you know, so Danny, what you're saying, like, that's the worst you've ever seen him. I think we have actually seen him worse, but we've seen him progressively get better and better and better and become one of the top players in a league. And then this year completely fall off. the. Well, the team's apprehension to swing the baseball bat was totally maddening. Just watching balls, and not this, identifying. The right. This goes ball. to, this goes to Theo's press. Yeah. So, yeah. So we can, we can just move on to, th- you got a throws. You, yeah, you I got throws and blows. Let's, right, cool. let's run through these quick. We won't even discuss them because it's fucking pitching and everybody understands what the fuck we're talking about. It's, right. it's quick. Here it is. Throw up my hands to the Lord. Lord. Oh, I I hope YouTube dings us for that one. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, There are two big winners in uh, this category, and one of them is going to be a no-brainer, but the other might be a little surprising. You Darvish had an ERA plus of 221 this year. Nice. You know, I think we all knew that was coming. But did you know that Jeremy Jeffress had an ERA plus of 292? 292. Jeremy Jeffress had a damn good he was, year. He was lights out at the beginning of the year. He we saw, you know, that last game that he pitched in did not go real well. But and and you know, the bloom well, was, was a little bit off the road. It was a rough situation, too. I think they got so confident in him. Yeah, they, <laughs> they were well, like Go out the, there and do all this stuff with the one hand tied behind the, your back. The, the fish in the truck got a little bit uh, uh again, got a little bit rotten. He gave up a two run home run, but that was a wind aided home run. It just sucked. Yeah. Well, and and actually he did have a four oh nine FIP. Yeah, he, <laughs> he had like a one fifty four ERA and a four oh nine FIP. Sounds it was about one right. of the largest on the team. And and so again, what the, what people are gonna have to understand is everyone's gonna want to sign 
re-signed Jeremy <laughs> Jeffress, and he may be a perfect one and done candidate where you bought him low, but you're not you're not going to want to sign him to a multi year deal because yep. there was a he 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 was lucky so to speak uh, when you talk about fielder independent pitching for some reason the balls just were hit to the right place and everything worked out. And and eventually that's going to even out over time. So I would not sign him to a long-term deal, regardless of how good it went. Another thing is, and this is another positive, and I know that's rare for me, so everybody perk <laughs> up. Right but but I need a drop for I, Danny Danny's positive. <laughs> I, I, no, I, I think I might have one from uh, Theo's press conference about that. There's uh, yeah, about this one. I like this one. We have to find a way to um, win. <laughs> I love that one. We have to find a way to. Uh, um, or it's like, yeah, no wonder you can't win because you forgot even what it's called. <laughs> so, uh, no, I, I think we saw the emergence of some of the minor league bullpen. You know that the, the pitch lab stuff. You know what I mean. I don't have that drop available right now, but uh, the pitch lab stuff looked good. You, you saw Rowan Wick out there. You know, you uh, who else? You even Braylon Marquez. That was an exciting kind of emergence uh, you, Marquez, of him. Marquez is not someone you were really looking at, but you were looking at Jason Adams. But I'm looking, talking about for next year. Like right, I'm, you know. as I'm saying, Jason Adams. You're looking at. Well, Al- we weren't Al-Zai. really looking at Braylon Marquez because yeah. nobody could see him until one inning on the last game of the year. Tapera, Alzali, those kind of guys are guys yep. that made a difference. Yeah, they made a difference th- for this past year, but I'm talking about dudes that'll come in the future that I that I'm actually feeling much more confident about the pipeline that I don't think you need a Jeremy Jeffress. No, you know, even though he had a nice time of it. Sorry, no. so we said we we're going to go through it fast, yeah. and we didn't. Okay. So you just put your lips together and blow. <laughs> Sounds like yeah. a- Tyler Chadwood is back in the blows again. Uh, we'd forgotten about him, right? <laughs> Here well, he is again. Not until Theo brought him up at the end of the press conference, and he yeah. was like, "He was like, well, what are some positives you take away?" He's like, "Well, we got Tyler Chatwood healthy." I'm like, "He's not on the team anymore. Who cares?" Right? He got healthy when the season was over. He didn't get a chance. Uh, of pitchers who started games, only Colin Ray and Tyson Miller were worse than him this season with his 5.30 ERA. Uh, and his whip was higher than anyone who actually made it to at least 10 innings this season. That's yeah. including any reliever, anybody. Like, you know, I think Underwood was the only guy that might have been worse than him that actually hit double digits. I would say that, you know, Tyler Chatwood enters the conversation for worst free agent signings in the Theo regime. And there's a bunch of bad ones. I mean, even with the I mean, – <laughs> there's really a few. Are. I mean, there is Edwin Jackson out there. I mean, Edwin he, Jackson's always a classic. He, <laughs> but he drafted the same hitter over and over no, for no, no, 40 no, no. I'm talking years. About, I'm talking about free agency. No, I, and I'm, I'm saying what Theo did overall. He's like drafted the same hitter for four years. Then he signed a bunch – he signed a few good free agents. John Lester, Ben Zobrist. Give me another one. Hayward. Hey, I mean, Hayward's, year, Hayward's coming year. around. Darvish is, is coming around. Darvish, I mean, they, there, there's some good free agent guys. I'm saying somebody that, like, from soup to nuts performed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. It's I mean, not been Diddy, when you're talking it's about scalso. soup to nuts, I mean, you're asking for a lot. I mean, yeah. And who has nuts with their soup? I don't even understand. Um, 
Yeah, the, an appetizer. <laughs> All right. So what, now should we talk about the Theo press conference? Crawley's yeah, let's it. do that while I go get a beer. <laughs> okay. Well, I, th- I think all you really need to know is I'm, I'm going to just do a, a quick performance art piece, okay? And uh, it, it, I swear it's... Move forward. Move forward. Moving forward. Move forward. Moving forward. Adjustable, be resourceful, adjustable, be resourceful, player development app, over communicate, player development app, virtual coaching session, player development app, virtual coaching session, being transactional, a thoughtful approach, over communicate. The players have behaved themselves. There's a lot of things we can do better. You're not likely to see a good outcome. likely to see a good outcome. likely to see a good outcome. You know, fundamentally, if you want more, more contact, um, the best way to approach that is to, is to employ hitters who, who make contact. This is an end. Move forward. We've fallen short. You're not likely to see a good outcome. We've fallen short. We've fallen short. This is an end. We've fallen short. We fell short. 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 Oh, goddamn sexy. I'm going to sleep to that tonight. Yeah, that was just a little improv session. I was working on it a little bit today, fucking around with my little soundboard. And I think that's all you really need to know about what happened. Is yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pop short. it into the old uh you know, the old stereo there and turn short. it on nice and low short. and talk dirty to my wife. I mean, nothing gets her off like Theo saying uh just contact. <laughs> No, this is what your wife likes. Adjustable. Oh, adjustable. <laughs> Be resourceful. Be resourceful, Michael. Be resourceful. <laughs> All right. What did you think of the uh, – Crawley, tell me, like, what was your over <laughs> – did you not get depressed by that? I, I was depressed. Uh, he I seemed think, sad. Uh, I would say that, you know, it was, he was frustrated, and um, it, it's real clear that uh, – you know, he talked about this being a crossroads and it is what it is. I mean, all these guys are coming up for contract and you know it. And, you know, I, I am one that's going to always look at the positive with Theo and, and what he did. And uh, when you think about what he showed up in, you know what I mean? When he showed up to the Cubs, they had shit. They had shit on their team. They had shit on the farm. They had shit everywhere. And, we're, you know, did we get the run that we thought we were going to have when the Cubs kind of really started to kick in gear 2015? Uh, you know, again, three NLCS is a World Series. That's nothing to really kind of sneeze at, you know. And postseason appearances, you know, uh, what, five out of the last six years, however you want to go with it. But I would say that, uh, you know, it's, it is what it is. And, and there was a lot of disappointment. And, and he was very clear on, on where, where the blame lied this year, and that was with the offense. Well, I think we uh, drink a toast to old Theo Epstein coming into his last year. And, uh, you know, this press conference was very much the same press conference he had last year. The only difference was last year it was uh, Joe Madden who was kind of in the last year and hadn't quite – performed as well as we had hoped when this whole run started now that he's gone it's all shifted to theo like it's the same narrative they came in they kicked ass and they could not sustain it and so you know the the theo 
Epstein era, the Joe Madden era is really going to be kind of, I mean, they're going to be tied together, of course, but they're going to have the same story arc. They came in, uh, Theo built it up, you know, Joe came in, got the young guys to where they needed to be. They won the championship. They hit the peak. Everything was great. And then, uh, as in all stories, after the climax, you go down. And uh, unfortunately, it lasted a few years, and it it just didn't turn out as well as you wanted it. It's yeah. like a story that didn't end exactly when you'd hoped because you wanted it to keep going. And when it didn't, you were like, I think, okay, we can end this now. I think it's these ideas of grandeur that sometimes occur is that we waited 108 years to see the Cubs win a World Series. Okay. And, and now all of a sudden everybody thinks we're going to win like four or five. And I think you can see it's been a long time since anybody's won back to back world series. I think the Yankees really are the last ones to do that, if I'm not mistaken. And, and just how hard and difficult it was to make it to three NLCSs was an impressive feat. And again, you did have, uh, post seasons where, uh, you know, if you look at 2018, uh, you know, they kind of fell off in September and they lost in the wild card. And when you look at 2019, they were in it until the very end when all their guys got injured, Baez, Bryant, and Rizzo. So, you know, they should have been in the playoffs last year in 2019 and weren't because of injuries. And that happens and everyone's got to deal with them. But to lose your big guys when they were, you know, that that was tough. And and so there's a lot of success, but but a lot of what Theo was saying to me was interesting. Um, here's the thing. No matter what anyone says as far as, well, in the past he said this, and now it's just going to be the same old, same old. Well, there's a specific reason for that. And this was from the um, postseason right here. This is very potentially, you know, the last time that these guys right here, when you talk about Bias, Schwarber, Bryant, Rizzo, someone in there is not going to be on that team by the end of next season. I can't predict what's going to happen as far as the off season. And Theo talked about it is this is going to be complicated because nobody knows what the free agent market's going to look like. Nobody's going to know what the financials are going to look like. You know, in general, if you're, if you're, Oh, I, I think we all know the records are going to pay, but uh, Hey, if so you say, but if CZ's you say that, world said that Theo and Joe era is still going to go down as the greatest in Cubs history. And I do think that that is what Crawley is saying in our lifetime. Yeah. And that's, and, and you will never hear me argue that it wasn't the greatest in history. I think Crawley, Danny, you guys agree with that. Yeah. But no, it wasn't. 1907-08 would have been pretty sweet. Back to back bitches. As great <laughs> as it was, the three NLCSs, the you know six and five years playoffs, all that sort of stuff, like well, they've, that, fallen, they've fallen off a cliff. And here's that, the thing. that was exciting. We I just mean, had such higher 80, hopes. 80, yeah, we didn't want to be the eighty-five Bears, and here we're going to be the eighty-five. Just going to bring we're gonna up be the eighty-five Bears because here's what Theo had to say about it. He goes, "The status quo right now is the most likely status quo." In a thoughtful manner, the status quo right now is the most likely status quo in a thoughtful and manner. this uncertainty rules the day. Uncertainty rules the day. Virtual coaching sessions. And so that's what we're doing. <laughs> is he talking about politics or when you're just talking about in general? What's going on this year? And we talked about this a bit and everybody wanted to trade everybody. They're so mad after the season ended. And that's not realistic. You're not going to trade when your assets are at a low. That's completely stupid. 
What? Hey, no, we can. I, are you sure we can't trade Chris Bryant for Mike right. Trout tomorrow? Chris Bryant, you're not going to get anything right now for what you could have for Chris Bryant. We're going to trade him for the, Tommy Listella. The ideal situation, <laughs> which is weird, and, and this is where, where Theo is going to be paid the big bucks to make the hard decision. Is that you hope a couple of these guys really have a good first half, and then you look at the potential to trade them. Now. That being said, this is where it becomes complex and and in that with this expanded playoff format is that a lot of teams that really probably shouldn't be in the postseason make the postseason. And if the playoffs expand, and again, I'm going to say if because it hasn't been determined, is if the playoffs expand, will Cub fans be okay trading a Kyle Schwarber if he's having a good year? Will you be okay trading a Chris Bryant if he's having a good year? If that means you don't make the postseason next year in return for assets in the future. But these guys right here, everybody that you see here, Schwarber is the one that I look at and I'm like, do you really want to go to arbitration? And and But again, do you want to get nothing for him and let him walk away too? That's That's it's, well, it's a tough situation. I, I to be. think, and, and here's the thing, status quo, I think we're going to see, if I had to make a prediction right now by how that presser went, it's that, you know, some money did come off the books. Maybe you can get Lester back and do one, you know, get the band back together one more time on the farewell tour. Uh, but, it, you know, it's, it, it, they, maybe they can do the deal to buy them out, pay them another little bit, see what happens. Uh, but an incentive I, of contract is similar to Adam Wainwright. Do, you know, with all these guys getting raises, Schwarber's going to get the raise. Does he deserve it? No, but it's just built into the situation. Bryant's going to get a big fat raise. He's going to make $25 million. Would you pay $25 million or, or just under that for what he did or somewhere around there for what he did this year? Absolutely how, how not. Many you, you would guys- not play how many of these guys actually go to arbitration, Danny? Because the Cubs are not going to want to give uh, them raises based on uh, some of these performances that we well, see. Well, exactly. So what are what are the agents going to ask for? This is the other complex thing is how does a shortened season factor into an arbitration hearing? Okay. Joe Kilgallen so, says he's not getting 25, maybe 21 or 22. But I saw that's some. That's what I was thinking, Joe. But like two years ago. When they were projecting that out, like people were like, oh, he's going to be like, remember how like Machado got like 27 or 28 or something like that, maybe 30, you know, in our, and then they projected that Bryant might get 30 in arbitration. That shocked everybody when Machado got it, but everybody's, that's his comp for years, not anymore. Yeah. How did they didn't expect Bryant to have COVID for a season? You know, it's, it's the arbitration process. Everything is going to be difficult. And Theo kind of brought that up in the press conference. You don't know what free agency is going to look like, not just for the Cubs, but for everybody. You don't know what the trade market's going to look like. And again, arbitration, uh, it's going to be very hard. You know, I think, you know, it's going to be hard to say, well, this guy sucked this year. Well, it wasn't even a full year. You know what I mean? And, and no chances to get out of slumps and, and it's complicated. Oh, and so how that's the, going to work. Rickets are going to, Rickets are going to run that shit to the bank. They don't give a goddamn if they played 60 games or 30 games or 185 games. That, that, they that's, do not care. They are going to use the numbers that are on the table and they are going to fucking that, run that price right, that, as that, low as they can. That's also, arbitration in general, though. That's that's generally what you do, regardless of yeah. who the owners are. Also, I I've said Machado. I meant Arenado, Nolan Arenado. That's who. I, that's who I was trying to make. The, and I was wondering how he did this year. Same thing. Eighty four yeah. OPS plus. He had a uh, shitty year too. He had a shitty shitty year. You okay. know, and, and, and he almost got, according to Cap, almost ended up in a Cubs uniform for Bryant. And, and if he had, wouldn't that have been interesting that they flipped teams? 
to see if they actually played the same as they did this year. But yeah. but, but the question here it is, you know, that's that's the issue, guys, is that this was a lot of guys. Arenado, um, Yelich, uh, Yelich. These are guys that were great hitters. It just sucked this year, and so I don't know what you can take out of this year. And I, I clipped a couple quotes from the. Um, you know, the presser right here that I found interesting, and this was, again, from the um, the Athletic article that Shah- Sahadov wrote, uh, Sharma again, but, but you know, um, he's talking about some of the problems with the strike zone, and that's what was glaring, okay, is that the problems, I can't read that, but is, is that, in general, they were not hitting pitches in the strike zone, okay? That was that was really bad. And so when you look at the WOBA, the Cubs were between 8th and 11th in all of baseball against fastballs in the zone from 2015 to 2019. So that's the that's the time period we're talking about as the Cubs making most postseasons from 2015 and they just missed out at 2019. They were between 8th and 11th in fastballs in the zone. This season they ranked 26th. They were the about the fourth worst team in baseball when it came to hitting fastballs in the zone. And that is where Kyle, uh, that's where Bias and Bryant, that's where they may have got the big hits. You made a mistake or you try to get a fastball in the zone, they would turn on it. And I don't think it has anything to do with launch angle or not launch angle or people figuring them out. I can't explain why it is. And I can't explain why other players struggled as much as they did offensively either. And I don't know how much it has to do with the video I don't. Know I, I think it has to, to do. With, I don't know what it has to do with. I think it has to do with when they step forward, the angle at which their toe is from their ankle, right, Dana? Yeah, yeah I'm pretty. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's how it's done. When you when you get all hooked up to those electrodes as they make their uh, you know Franken batters down in the hit lab. <laughs> and, and and again, we talk about you know important right now is that it wasn't purely lack of contact. Other things we weren't doing well, we were off, we didn't have our foundation, and that's coming to the strike, uh, the fastballs and hitting the home runs. And so that's why if you take a look, they always looked lost. They always looked like they were guessing, and they were always seemingly guessing wrong. Lost jobs. Lost, lost. jobs. <laughs> lost jobs. And the, but I still love this we one. We have to find a way to um, um, win. Win. <laughs> wow, it's even it's an even a longer pause than what I gave it. How poorly we've performed in October. <laughs> this is going to hey. be my new TikTok. Yeah, no, it's that's what I'm making. <laughs> this is tick, this is for the kids. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I found the whole thing pretty depressing overall. It, you know, I, I've, you know, uh, it, I felt like he didn't have any answers this time. Whereas before he talked about the accountability and there was going to be a reckoning, the reckoning never happened. Nobody ever got traded. And I think it's not for a lack of trying. I think he tried to trade everybody. I think he's tried to trade every single one of these, this core at some point for something that he wanted and he could not get a deal done. And, oh, and I, Mr. Rick, it's, Mr. Rick, if we just need a couple more dollars and then we can trade this guy to this guy and we can get the cold that we need to stay warm. Yeah, so I, I think that nothing has ever come of any of this uh, because he just couldn't get a deal done. And, like, you know, say it this way, like maybe even the blooms off the rose on Theo because it's like, all right, well, this guy, you know, it, nobody wants to deal with him anymore. Like he had it, his run. what I'm saying. It's, I'm gonna, it's the men. It's the Madden story. It's the Theo story. They're, they have the same story arc, which, you know, uh, Theo lasted 10 years and Madden lasted five. 
And you guys, it, again, take a look at any way you want. Any t- How many teams in a heartbeat would want to sign Theo Epstein if he was available to run uh, baseball operations? I'm sure he can do it again somewhere else. I'm sure that he could, re, you know, maybe he can reinvent that situation. But at, at the thing is, I complained about it right in 2017, and Michael was there for it. I don't know how much I talked to you about it, Crawley. But he was out there singing with Pearl Jam, smoking his cigars, and he got fucking pantsed. He got pantsed by the rest of the ML. B, who they switched the way they that they did things, and we got beat by the freaking Marlins, who went up there with a bunch of truck drivers and dudes from the island, and they and they they made mincemeat of us. They made us look like fools. They pants us. We scored one run off of a freaking basket shot by Ian Happ, the only good hitter who decided to show up for the entire 2020 season. Yeah, so the- like. You know, right I'm now, just saying he got he got pants by the rest of MLB because things changed the way things work. That three true outcome, that ship has sailed. That, that you know, not completely. I don't oh, think I don't think that's that is sailed. But I think the how you get to it is different. I think more than anything, it really came to and and I'll always say at the end of 2017, the firing of the coaches was a mistake. And then after that, you kept trying to compound and fix things and you kept making more and more mistakes. So I think that you had this core that came up with these guys, Chris Basio, John Maley, uh, you know, you had all these guys, the third base coach, uh, Toothpick, uh, help me out. Uh, Gary Jones. Gary Jones. You had these guys that were really, really good and worked well with this group. I think there was an overreaction or maybe it was a power move by Joe, but you fired the majority of the coaching staff in 2017. You went to three NLCSs with that coaching staff. And then I've never seen anything like that where you just fire the coaching staff after being that successful. Uh, I don't get it. And then you ended up going, okay, now you got uh, Chili Davis. Well, that didn't work. And then you you add to that the tightening of the purse strings by – this, you know, this team that supposedly was going to be backing up dump trucks of money, you yeah. know, to do this stuff. Listen up, fellas, because today we have a new Manscaped product alert. Manscaped just released the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer. Take a look in the mirror. I guarantee you'll see hair sticking out of those holes. Now it's time to keep your ear and nose hair looking as nice as your clean-shaven pubes. See... I have nose hair, I have ear hair, and you know what? Sometimes, when I'm cooking, it catches fire! Now, how painful is that? And tell me, how painful is it when you got a big old hair, stick it out of your nose, and you go and you pull it out, and you're like, ah! Sometimes it bleeds. Well, guess what? Manscaped is forever changing that grooming game with their Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs inside those delicate holes. The premium-based Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system. Its intelligently contoured design enhances the trimming experience, and it is waterproof, which makes for easy operation and cleaning. It's the only nose hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable lithium-ion battery that lasts up for 90 minutes of use. Now, have you ever pulled your nose hair out with your fingers? Well, that might hurt worse than nicking your balls. The Manscaped is making weed whacking your weeds a time to look forward to delivering maximum confidence while providing hygiene. 
Yes, you will get a replaceable blade every three months to keep your weed whacking time clean and enjoyable. Look, fellas, 79% of partners polled admitted that long nose hair is a major turnoff. Now, it's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with a weed whacker. So get 20% off plus free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. And thank you, Manscaped, for keeping our pubes trimmed and our hairs in our holes looking nice. Remember, get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use code armchair. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds. The Sunranto Show is also brought to you by Bet Online. And did you know that the wait is over? We got a triple header of fun this weekend. So you got football in full effect. Many teams are strutting their stuff early. NBA Finals are here, and the MLB playoffs are in full swing. Now, you might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Okay? Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head to Bet Online and use promo code Armchair to take advantages of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Now back to the Sunranto Show. Yeah, as soon as, they get, as soon as they got the marquee network, uh, then that was what was supposed to happen. But yeah, that didn't happen. By the way, the, I've got- the biggest mistake, and, and and as far as baseball, it always had a strong union. Okay, always probably the strongest of all the sports, probably one of the strongest in the entire country as far as unions are concerned. But that last collective bargaining agreement, that CBA, you want to talk about who got pantsed? The players got pantsed. And the second that they agreed to having the salary caps and penalties and taxes, I know everybody wants to say, just keep throwing the money. It doesn't matter. But when those comments were made about spending and this and that, that was before that CBA came in. And again, there's all sorts of things, international free agent, oh, but, money, but all sorts Crowley, of things that you can sit there and you didn't have a lawyer. I have, I have, one, I have always fun. said, if they didn't call it a fucking luxury tax, you know, if they called it the winning team VIP club, every goddamn team would have no problem paying that. Yeah, but you the know, moment they put the word tax on it, all those Republicans were like, not not paying that. Yeah, they're like, oh, fuck taxes. All we know is well, to get away from it taxes. Punit- if you called it a, it- a, a VIP club membership. But they make it punitive so that you are you have not only no incentive to sign all the high-priced players and, like, run away with the league, you know, like the, the 27 Yankees or, you know, the 50s Yankees are just always showing up with all the best players and spending the most money. But, it, you know, th- what they did was make it also – the positive thing is they made it that you had to develop players you know, that there would be some competitiveness within your divisions that, you know, if you can't just buy your championship because we're going to make it so that these players get raises because it works both ways. I mean, arbitration, Kyle Schwarber, is that even worth the money? Arbitration, Chris Bryant, is that worth the money? I don't know. Like, you know, if based upon the, the past performance, like I'm not talking about, I mean, it's all potential performance, but based upon the past performance of what you think might happen in trying to get your crystal ball, looking in the future, you're like, okay, do, do, how do you blow this up? It's not when, but how, 
because it's happening. It's right. going to happen it's not, regardless. It's, it's, it's under the, the, the CBA. Year. It's not sustainable to have all these guys and just pay them. It's just not going to work. That's not how it's. And I think that in the history of baseball, and we'll be long dead before this is written, but I think Jerry Reinsdorf, you want to talk about negative influences in baseball. He has kind of been the leader and, and the pre- people, the one that people get behind. He was responsible for the last player strike in the 90s, the lockout. And he's one of those guys that has tried to kept, keep the quote-unquote small market teams wanting to make sure that instead of the owners spending, making sure that the owners that are spending are reined in. Yeah, that's 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 a big issue. And I think Reinsdorf kind of gets away with it because he's a very quiet guy. And that was one of the reasons, if you remember, I don't think the Ricketts have done a bad job as far as ownership is concerned. But I do think that when Mark Cuban was interested in buying the Cubs and Jerry Reinsdorf has dealt with Cuban in basketball, when you talk about the Bulls and you talk about the Dallas Mavericks and there was no way because Cuban is not one of those guys that's going to kind of get in line and you know, get into the old boys network, you know, and and I think that that was a big part of Mark Cuban, not really getting a chance to even really buy the Cubs is because there's no way Ryan would let that happen. Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, they wouldn't let a rod do it either. You know, there's, there's certain, I think there's a certain barrier to entry that I don't think we understand. Yeah. So Artie, Boucher says, uh, I've always wondered about luxury tax. Doesn't a team that go above it have a possibility of making more than they return on investment? And I mean, yeah, that's actually you, been but then, the Sunrise Show's like stance on yeah, this. They, you'll, sell enough, you'll sell enough T-shirts to pay for it, especially with a giant uh, uh, fan base like Chicago. But at, at the same time, though, you're, you're going to start getting really penalized with like yep. – draft picks and being able to develop uh, international players pool money all of that stuff otherwise otherwise you're just going out there and spending money all the time on and i understand understand that you know after a certain point but they're trying to say in the first year it's not worth it in the second year it's not worth it you know what i mean like they're not allowing it's punitive now. So the, if, if any time that they can't go it's over to the not luxury, that punitive, it's now. punitive it's like to the second, it's, third year is not terrible. Fourth year. I think they get into draft picks. Yeah. But that, well, means, but that means that you can't, you can't put together a team that's going to be competitive. Well, also there's no six, seven years. Yeah. But what are we even looking at? Like this guy's going to, Chris Bryant's going to make $20 million, you know, like roll out at like 200 and, $50 million payroll when you have no fans of the stands. You know, we don't know what it's going to look like next year. This could be like 20% capacity or something like that. We'll see yeah, but this was all goes. starting before there was no fans. In no, the no, but, but, but the, point, but oh, the yeah. point of it is, is that it was supposed to make it more competitive for small market teams to prevent the large market teams from buying up all the good free agents. So what they're saying is the Oakland A's can never compete with the Cubs because the Cubs have, you know, what they do draw. When you talk about return on investment, no, you're not going to make your return on investment on t-shirts, not with the luxury tax. And again, in you, general, you would admit, no, I, I, I disagree. I, I think the well, return on but, investment, but it's going the other way though too. Team, they're which, giving, no, but look at the, those made up players that the Cardinals get. They're actually real players. We do know that they, they're, they get, competitive picks they get extra yeah. first second third round picks and yeah that's they, worse for the like, league oh, than we'll luxury this tax. guy will take this guy will take but that is part of it that's all yeah. part of that negotiation it's like we're going to penalize these guys for doing this even though they're making a shit ton of money they can't spend that money they got to share it with these people it's like sharing, yeah. a weird like you know it's right, like a, but, you but know how the tax is, code the tax code 
the American tax code is like slanted in a certain way to benefit certain people and to make things quote unquote fair. Well, I feel like amongst these billionaires, they do figure out how to make it fair amongst them as Mm -hmm. they divide up how this all works. And that's why the Marlins had enough guys to get past the, uh, you know, the Cubs, even though like, you know, there's other reasons for that, but they had some good pitchers. They could throw us a a good one too. have some high contact guys who could hit, you know, and, and you see it with the A's too. They beat the White Sox. They're out there and, you know, they've got those extra guys. Cardinals made the playoffs, make the playoffs almost every year because of it because they've always got some guy that they made up, but really they just drafted him with their extra shit. So it's all part of it, you know? And these are the parameters that I think Theo might like to get rid of and maybe go to a smaller market right, team but, but at like some point. Steinbrenner learned and, and showed many, many years ago before all of this was going on that it didn't matter if he spent more money than everybody else because he was he was making money. He understood that he could spend money because he was going to make money. Like it wasn't a it like everybody who says it like, "Oh, well, you know, he just wanted to field a team, he wanted to field the best team, blah blah blah." No, no, no. Steinbrenner just knew if his teams were good, if they had the biggest names, if they had all the the cachet, then he was going to make the money on the back end in all the other ways, you know? So it's like licensing the yes yeah. network. I mean, there's and 8 I million ways to make money, but Baseball I think that's what don't the Cubs, money. But I think that, you know, the Yankees have had the yes network for a decade or more, way more than a decade. The Cubs just got their marquee network. When the yes network went live, it was the first one that did it. They made a well, shit ton of money right away. They were spending money back then to start shit exactly. rather than fucking around well, and like trying to like hang on to every dime that they so, had. But they it, knew it, where it, to find the money. Well, guess what? Nobody has cable anymore. Anybody that's in their 20s will never subscribe to it. They will never have it. So, you know, but back then you did have cables. The only way to watch anything because it wasn't on. There was no Netflix. There wasn't none of that crap when it started. So people weren't used to watching and the, you know, the baseball game on anything but cable on TV. So uh, and I got a couple of quotes about the marquee network here. This one from Dom, uh, because, you know, we're talking about Theo here too. Dom Frederick. The uh, what did they call him? The leader of uh, morale. He's, he's the director of morale for the Chicago Cubs. Theo is talking to the media right now, and that sports betting show is on marquee. I mean, the most important employee in Cubs history is talking, and we're watching a guy on his 10th job in the media industry talk about the MNF spread tonight. What are we doing? Unacceptable, unacceptable closed door meeting. And yeah, I saw that too. And that was some bullshit. You said true blue oh. Cubs fan, uh, which is Michael Cotton, Cubs hey, X3. That's me. Yeah. Anybody else wonder what in the fuck Mar- watch marquee network is, is for when they do not cover actual news for the team for which they were created? I mean, seriously, like they, they got pants that's by the first like, time I've ever made this show. <laughs> No, but I mean, honestly, like they didn't even show this presser. Marquee didn't, and so like they don't. They could. They could give a crap. It's it a, is it, the fucking dumbest thing in the world. I have no idea what the fuck Sinclair Broadcasting is doing, and and that's what's happened is that the Ricketts bought a network and gave up all their control to someone else. Like they do not because I don't. I mean. 
for all of Tom's like issues well, they and get all the Rick money. And family I mean, issues, I think that they really do want to cover the Cubs with this network. But there's somebody else saying it's better for us to have Monday Night Football betting than it is to have Theo on the. As, 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 as when you talk about the Yes Network, that was a network that was 100% dedicated to the Yankees. And and whenever the Yankees was going, whatever was going on Yankees, that took precedent over everything else. And I mean, I, I thought that's what it was the marquee was supposed to be. Right. And with the marquee, imagine if all of a sudden you buy yourself a sweet ride, a real nice car, fifty, sixty thousand $60,000 car, and then throw the keys to your kid. That's essentially what the Cubs did is they got the, mar- they got the car, but now they handed the keys to somebody else and they're going to drive it like a dumbass. And that's yeah. kind of the problem that we've had. And so we had a conversation. I want to, I'm not going to mention with who, but we had a conversation before the playoff game with somebody that, you know, is involved with Cubs media. And, and it's, it is frustrating because these are New York guys that are running the network right now. And they're running it like they're trying to run it like ESPN. And that's not what Cub fans signed up for. Cub fans signed up to see the Theo press conference. Cub fans signed up for, uh, you know, a lot more stories with Rick Sutcliffe. Yeah. Yeah. All any, anything interviews with Lee Smith and, uh, you know, stuff like that. They're not even running it like ESPN. They're running it more like fucking Fox, not, not Fox sports, but the Fox that we see every so often on the regular TV channels. Like that's, the when I watch level. a bro- when I watch a broadcast, I see the shitty Sunday night baseball broadcast. Yeah, that's what I see now. I you it's the exact same thing. The the yep. three man booth, the stupid side stories, the, the, just just a lot of the dumb- yeah. Taylor the McGregor up in the scoreboard. The yeah, Taylor McGregor up in the scoreboard is pretty. Uh, you know, doing the grounds crew and stuff like that is the stuff that you know they would do on a Sunday night uh, baseball game. Uh, Nick Gentry writes in, I worked for a SBG station for 11 years. None of this marquee stuff surprises me. They never have money for talent either. Yeah, I, 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 I bet you, although they did pay Crawley, they paid you to be on that show. You got, I mean, you, you got more to be on marquee network than I did to do outside the Ivy for NBC last year, but uh, plenty of beer. Don't worry. But yeah, it's it's just, it's frustrating when you do see that and you, you just say like, Man, this should be Cubs. There's no way that that and and again, if if you have to pay the bills, I get it. Then schedule the press conference when you do have an opening. Okay, so sit there and say, okay, well, you got tennis, you got this. There should always be a Cubs show. Oh, but but that show that they had on there, that I know was that, a that's not a, that's what I'm saying. Show they could have put that thing on after lead into it with the the well, press what I'm conference. telling you is is that there should always be at some point in time whether it's at 11 o'clock and say 11 to noon will always be some sort of Cubs something and you can make up whatever the shit you want Cubs road show uh the best Cub man caves call it whatever you want the 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 Cub daily call it what you want but so that way when you know it's on Rancho show that's, that's what Rancho I'd show. call it but if you want to have it from <laughs> 11 to noon and then that way okay now we're gonna have, we're gonna have the uh, what call it the end of the year presser. Everyone knows it's gonna be at eleven, and that's what's gonna the presser is going to be. Okay, if you're gonna do um, again, they're gonna do one with Tom Ricketts. You can have one with David Ross, and just do it at eleven all the time, and then just have a scheduled time so that there's a block open and that you can do whatever you need to do there. 
and and they wouldn't even have to pay for that. Like they have to pay, you know, somebody like Cole Wright to come into the studio and discuss the Cubs or to do a podcast. I imagine they would, you know, pay these guys. Ryan Sweeney's doing some, uh, I guess, phone and shows. But but they didn't even buy Ryan Sweeney a microphone as good as you guys have. What are you talking about? (laughs) All right, you're off the show. (laughs) <laughs> all right i'll let you on um, but um no they're they're uh let, they're letting anybody on their ter- mark grace was on that didn't go well i mean let's face it the marquee launch was not and it was not great and you know it wasn't just the pandemic they were bad at showing replays they were bad at showing uh it, you know like the you know when there was a uh a review call like they never had a good angle for you to see you know, so and he's like, well, I guess they have that in New York. And that might have been something about the pandemic. Like they didn't have as many cameras on the field or something. I don't know what it was because I would imagine they had the same amount of cameras, um, you know, but I was pretty unimpressed with the, the suit and tie. I kind of look of the game. I was unimpressed with um, just the, the uh, suit and tie I mean, bullshit. Well, that's what I said. said yeah, the suit yeah, and tie, yeah. that, that's why Len was auditioning for the Fox uh Cincinnati yeah. broadcast I mean, all year. And it's just like you you you're right. We wanted something Chicago centric, you know, something that was, you know, a, a real uh kind of fanboy kind of network where there was always something on that you could see where whether it's like, you know, uh, an Andre Dawson classic game where he gets into a fight with Eric Shaw and hits three home runs or you know, wins the like all, all that stuff is on yeah, but all it the classic came, games have they sh- have they shown Michael Barrett Punch AJ Brzezinski. Well, yet they, they had these the top ten game. shows. They had the top Just ten shows. Just an FYI, I was at the game and it sucked. The Cubs <laughs> got their ass kicked. It was a first inning. It, it, it was it was horrid, and the game was awful. But it was just one of those things. That first inning, everyone who was there will always remember it and talk about it. But the game actually blew. Okay, so that was a terrible game. Never mind. Awful game. Well, anyway, I I just uh, I just think that the marquee network. I was unimpressed. I I even thought when Crane Kenny was telling me about it at the bloggers forum at Cubs convention this past year, that you know it was. I, I think I made fun of what he said then because it was all, you know, oh well, we got a Ernie Banks documentary, and I'm like, eh, then you're gonna show 53 times, and then they did exactly what I predicted. And they didn't really have a lot of ideas. They don't have a little, a lot of creative minds there. Their idea is just like, you know. Well, they would have to pay creative minds. They're paying yeah. number crunchers. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. And and so they're they're into the gambling thing. They're just like us. They're a podcast, you know, mybookie.ag, uh, just like any other uh, show, like, uh, you know, that's doing the exact same ads. And, and you know, it's like they're following the money and, you know, it's a weird year. So I, I, I won't yeah. judge them too much yet. Right. But like, I, I would say that it was a first year. And if, if you kind of go back and look at first years with MTV or Comedy Central or even ESPN, like ESPN used to show like, you know, like uh, – like water aerobics and shit like that. You'd be like, yeah. you wouldn't, you'd laugh at what they used to show back then. You're like, what did anyone really watch this but channel? These, like, how did this survive? Exactly. But this is already a proven method, and this already had, you know, a, a built in millions, millions of people would tune in to watch it. But if you lose some eyeballs and be like, well, why would I get Marquee? Well, you get it for the games, but, you know, everything else on it to not try to, like, you know, make that a Cubs fan. 
you know, kind of Mecca and, uh, you know, kind of have other, other garbage on there. Just if it feels like me, it feels like, like Weird yeah. Al and UHF. Uh, or, let, let me put this oh, up from I Boots. wish Weird Al and UHF. Yeah, exactly. A uh, little, little public access, but Bootsipe, who's a good friend Bootsy of the show. Okay. Bootsipie. Yeah. Oh, I guess that is how you'd say I, that. You know what? That's so funny that you just said that, Danny, because I have been doing that forever. Bootsipe and not understanding, like, what the fuck name is this? I <laughs> just realized it the other day. It's Bootsipie. And then I wanted to cry because I was so stupid. And so is this name. <laughs> Well, Bootsy Pie, and I'm doing my TFC early because this is pretty much it. But as long as we're talking about Marquee Network, it seems topical because he tweeted back to us, uh, me, Crawley, and uh, and and me. I think, Michael, you were on this. He said, hashtag Boo Marquee. Their coverage stunk. Their camera shots stunk. The important replays were virtually non-existent. Their announcer stunk. Their decision to not have cardboard cutouts nor play along like the other stadiums stunk. And mostly their awful fake crowd noise stunk. Hashtag Boo Marquee. And Cole Wright writes <laughs> back, thanks for watching. And uh, Bo- Bootsy, <laughs> I, don't, I still Bootsy don't know how to say Pie. Bootsy, Bootsy Pie. Pie. And Bootsy, Bootsy Pie. Pie says, LOL, who are you? I just know Crawley. <laughs> <laughs> so he freaking And pants Cole the- Wright is going, who the fuck's Crawley? Oh, well, he knows who Crawley is. Yeah, he knows. He's, he's actually a really good guy, and I think he did a good job. No, 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 no. Yeah. Not that he doesn't – he's never met. Yeah, him. I know what you're saying. He's yeah. going, who the fuck's Crawley? I'm Cole motherfucking right. Yeah. And, and, and honestly, this I think Cole did a great job. And, it, again, think about this, too, is that all the Zoom bullshit that everybody had to do and how crappy that was and everything just – I, I – I, you know, I always would just laugh because, you know, sometimes when we were at Club 400, Club 400 Lager, we would just shoot the shit and be like, you know, if they just hired us for literally like peanuts, we would help them make shit so much better, whether it's Cubs Con or whether it's the channel or whether it's whatever. That was actually the truth in 30 Major League Baseball cities. Especially, <laughs> though, I think that, that here's the thing is that. We, I think we put out a more entertaining product than they did. I think that Stewart, when he has his events, puts on a more entertaining product than they do. I think that there's a lot of people that kind of really truly get the, the, you could sit there and find five or six people and pay them. Honestly, if they just said, we'll pay for your season tickets, I'd be like, yes, cool. I'm good. Let me go. Yeah, sure. I wouldn't care. Like, I don't need like 50 grand or a hundred grand. You're not, I'm not talent that I expect like a big amount of money for. Let me get into the shit I want to for free. Give me the backstage passes. Let me get in VIP some shit. Give me one one day at a at a fucking uh, at the uh, uh, American Airline Club for nineteen fourteen club, and I'll be fine. You know, I, I I'm going to disagree with you there, Crawley. We we did a lot of pre and post game shows, and I'm going to need a little little bit of cheddar. <laughs> that was a lot. That was a lot of extra. That was a lot of work if, every if you, single day. Yeah, no, honestly, if you were, but. You're you're saying just like pay me something, but honestly, that'd be like five thousand bucks a year. Now I did twenty six episodes of Outside the Ivy, and that paid about sixty five hundred dollars before taxes. So you're nobody's getting rich off this shit. No. You know what I mean? Like some some of these guys, like I bet you Ryan Sweeney's like maybe going in there making like fifteen twenty, Ryan hoping Sweeney. he like catches on doing something. Like I, it's not that much, uh, you know, because they're they're paying you just to show up. Ah, we'll give you three hundred bucks to show up. We'll give you two hundred bucks to show up. It's it's that kind of thing, 
And, uh, you know, it's, you know, so people actually, I think, think of it wrong. There's a few guys probably getting paid. I bet you Len Casper makes over a hundred thousand bucks a year. JD too, like some of the big guys, but you know, a lot of the people on the periphery and definitely the people in the office that like tell them what to say, because oh, yeah. the camera people and stuff, they're working long hours. Some of it's union more and more. It's not in Chicago. It oftentimes is, but you know, you have no idea what goes into like making a, a, you know, all these shows happen and mostly it's just like fly by the seat of your pants. I don't think there's any difference between what we did on outside the Ivy and what we're doing here tonight, except for it for that. It's much longer and there's a little bit more swearing and a lot more drinking. <laughs> no, so, there, there definitely is that I'm about to get another one here. But, I'm just, uh, I'm just, hold on. I want to get into this. I want to, I want to shift gears here. Sort of. Daniel, we do. We, we have a story Daniel, time. We have a story Daniel time with crawling murder. Charles Hager? Yeah, this is my this is my this was my final point about that was the, in the Theo's presser. That was the like, opening. Yeah, that was how Theo opened. I know this was going to be my final point, and thank you for reminding me, Michael, because the final that's how point, it's done. professional right here, Marquis. You watching? You watching? This is how it's done. <laughs> Michael reminds me of stuff. I bring it up. So, uh, former White Sox pitcher Charlie Hager was found dead at the Grand Canyon after being wanted for the murder of his ex-girlfriend, who is Danielle Breed. Uh, was it Breed uh, Love? Breed yeah. Love. Yeah. Uh, and no, Breed Long. Sorry. Breed, Breed Long. Long. Yeah, that's what I I, th- I knew I had that wrong. He was slated to be the Cubs double-A pitching coach this season. And now he's dead. And and apparently, he probably, I guess he probably killed uh, Danielle Breed Long. So yeah. at the beginning of Theo's presser, now th- – this is what I'm saying. Like, what a fucking year 2020 is. You open your end of the season presser with a murder <laughs> that has been taken that has taken place uh by your double A pitching coach. Like the pitch lab, they got some splain, 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 splain. You got some explaining to do, Ricky. Explaining to do. He went into complete Max yeah, it, it was so upsetting that Danny went into, you know, uh, complete hysterics there doing that. He doesn't even realize he's, he's still talking. On. He's still going. Let's see what happens. Yeah, he, does, he doesn't know that he's not on. We can't hear you, bud. Yep. Out. How about go all the way out and come back in? How about now? Yeah. I heard you for a second. Yeah. I don't give a shit. How about that? All right, catch me on the outside. How about no? That that, no, and <laughs> but Danny makes a good point. Twenty twenty had been such a shit show, and to start the press conference in that way is it's it's it's, it's, sta- sad. it's called it's called stage death. Yeah, it's I mean, sad. It's action. I mean, uh, honestly, uh, if we want to get really cynical. He couldn't say anything worse than that the Honestly, rest of the day. If, like, if, it's all up from there. If if I'm running Marquee, this is how I start the intro. I don't give a shit. How about that? <laughs> the, that the should only- actually be the start of every Cubs game next year. Yeah. They, that That's their uh, Van Halen's jump. That, that, that to me, like, if you sat there. <laughs> you just want to get every dead person. Yeah, well, let's, let's get them all out. All the, the old bits. But, but think mean, about it. If it's your end of the year press or the, pros, the post-mortem, like, how funny would it be if this is how he just started it? Fuck. 
Well, see, and that was my point. <laughs> that That's kind of what bothered me about this whole presser is that, it, A, it started with the announcement of a, of a murder-suicide. That That's problematic. I'm sorry, but like that's not – that's really just not what we're turning tuning in for it's fucked up it's just fucked up you know and so i wanted a lee elia rant this is chicago theo i'm sick of your stupid oh no see have to find a way to that actually would have been amazing player development app adjustable to be open-minded player development app to make deep transactional thoughtful approach communicate being transactional systematically being transactional thoughtful approach thoughtful and systematic systematic being transactional that honestly would have been amazing if theo would have sat down and been like i know what you're saying but fuck you I don't give a goddamn what the 15% who are sitting on the fucking rooftops who don't have goddamn day jobs are doing. We're out here trying to put a team together. <laughs> and these assholes are playing cowbell on the roof. <laughs> dug, dug, dug. We're exactly. trying to do our goddamn jo- job out here. I'd and I like- just got a cowbell in my fucking ear. I, I still blame the fake fans. I really do. In the end, I believe it was the fake fans that really fucked everything. It was the I worst fake fans in baseball. Theo has nothing to lose, right? Everybody's talking like half of that fucking press conference was, are you coming back? Are you going to yeah. come back? Are you going to oh, come this, back? Are you coming back? In the softballs thrown by the press. And it's oh, just God. like Theo isn't going anywhere. Unless the Ricketts guarantee his ten million, because why would you? I, I got a fucking contract, asshole. Give me my ten million, and I'll leave, or I'll stick around because this is actually a pretty good job, and I'll take the ten million. But I'm not going to fucking let you off the hook for no reason whatsoever. Well, I loved I loved the end of his press conference, and uh, I'll just kind of uh, describe what happens here. It goes. Okay, guys. Thank you. I appreciate it. Be safe. We'll talk soon. Take care. He moves the mic away, brings in his laptop, does something. Yeah. And then he takes off the mask. (laughs) He takes off the mask just as they got close to the guy. Apparently, it was all for show. That fucking mask, which everybody should be wearing because... If you wear a mask and I wear a mask, then we keep ourselves safe. He fucking just took that thing off. So why was he wearing it the whole goddamn time? That yeah. fucking pisses exactly. me off. Exactly. And, and then the guy got close to him and then he took it off. <laughs> yep. the then, it's like, are we done? Are we done David here? Elliott, the problem with the presser was that Bill Sugas wasn't on it. Amen. More hey, Bill Sugas. Yeah, David. Every press conference that Bill Sugas is not on, that's a problem. Fuck. Well, I, I just wanted a little bit more passion out of Theo. You know, it would have been nice to see. I don't think that's his game, though. That's all any of us want from our sports. Yeah. We just want some goddamn passion. That's why there's still 12 people watching I mean, this fucking show. What, what, what if he was an hour and a half? Right. What if he went up there? He's like, listen, guys, I don't know what to tell you. That was straight garbage. We scored one run against the freaking Marlins. The freaking Marlins. Like something like that. He's like, it's unacceptable. 
I take full responsibility and just and and you know what he gave us. Everybody's always like, "Oh, he talked for an hour, dude." He didn't say shit for an hour. He said, "You're not likely to see a good outcome." And he's <laughs> we have not lived up to our expectations. We find a way to clearly, that's status quo. That sounded like uh, Ferris Bueller vomiting at the end there. <laughs> the last thing he said was make contact. <laughs> oh shit. I'm just saying it's, it's, you know, it's the same. Du- you know why it took so long? 45 fucking minutes, an hour he spent saying nothing except for like just a new, you know, accountability and blah, blah, blah. Bullshit. In the past he has said some things, but this time it was, yeah, it was this all was, double yeah. speed. They're going to get the band back together one more year is what I think they're going to do. They're going to let it all fucking play they out. Have any gonna... other options? Yeah, yeah there, there are the other no options? other options. Yeah. Nobody often is there. That's the status quo. It is what it is. And the guys you're going to have roll out there. That's what you're going to roll out there because you can't do anything else. The yeah. only guys that gave them the options right now is the most likely. The status quo right now is the most likely. Status quo. The status quo right now is the most likely. The status quo right now is the most likely in a thoughtful manner. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. The only guys that gave them an opportunity to turn turn over into something better are guys that nobody believes are going to be better than that. You know, I did. You sounded like Theo right there. Cause I have no <laughs> idea what you said. <laughs> no, like you guys, like, you know, you could bring, you know, Ian Happ and David Bodie and all these guys, we anybody that had like a, some sort of a good season, they can't turn them over because that's who you nobody need. expects them to have a better season next year than what they had now. Again, you're yeah, you're you're not going to give up anything big for the guys that did good this year, and you're not going to get anything for the guys that did bad this year. So you're just yeah. fucked. It's the status quo. Yeah. yeah, it's the same thing. Status quo. The, so, the big question coming out of this is is one of two things: is that at the end, the, do is this the guys that you see at the end of the year? Do you give it one more run into the postseason, or if some of these guys, two or three of these guys get hot, do you start to pitch them? And even then, again, with the expanded... My wife wants that poster on our wall, by the way. When the expanded postseason, if they decide to continue keeping that going, which it looks like they are, then there's a lot less incentive for teams to give up good things to get players to get them over the hump because they don't need anything to get them over the hump because they're already going to get in there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If they they keep this playoff format, who gives a shit? Like nobody's ever going to make you're, any you're, money. You're ever never going to see on the, that, that, that that trade the the Quintana for uh, Cease and Jimenez. That never would have happened in an expanded playoffs because the no. Cubs would have been just good enough to get in. Yeah, that never no would have happened. Yeah, but they might not have been good enough to go any further, and they well, weren't. They I weren't mean, anyway. So it worked right. Up they didn't. It, they yeah. made it to the NLCS that year for that trade. Well, how about we we uh, kind of get towards the end of this episode and uh, we do a little bit of uh, story time with Crawley, with Crawley, with Crawley. Story time with Crawley, it's Crawley story time. Before I let Crawley tell this story, I just have to ask you one more time to please go to patreon.com slash sunranto, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash sunranto, 
where you can be a part of the Sunranto show by becoming a subscriber. What do you get for being a subscriber? Well, it's fabulous. Not only do you get this show early and completely ad-free, uh, but you also get to be a part of the uh, Sunranto Super Ranters on Facebook, where we will be uh, giving uh, interviews and special links, and uh, you're just special. We, we haven't really decided exactly what it's gonna, all going to be yet, but you will be more special than other people that did not subscribe at patreon.com slash sunranto. So please, for a dollar a month, you can be a part of it. It supports everything that goes into making the show. After expenses, we spend it all on tickets and beer, and you know that Tom Ricketts really needs money. He's completely out of money, so help us help him. Patreon.com slash sunranto. Uh, you get the show notes. Uh, you own RSS feed. You get all the music at the $5 level. You get your name as a sponsor in the show during the pre- and post-game shows. I mean, it, it, there's all sorts of perks at every level. So patreon.com slash sunranto. Thanks for listening. Back to the show. Oh. <laughs> I, I enjoy the glasses. I enjoy the costume change. For you, for you podcast listeners, that was that was a beautiful thing. Tune in next time live. Yeah, you get to see a little, little, uh, little Grandpa Rossi there. So, guys, I am going to take you back on this day, October 7th, 2016, my friends. It was a great, great day in Cubs history. Uh, right away, I kind of get to down to Wrigleyville. The, the playoffs have started, and 2016, the Cubs were absolutely just fun to watch, amazing, everything we wish they were right now. Uh, I had a couple drinks with uh, Brett Taylor from Bleed Cubby Blue. I know Bleed that Cubby guy. Bleacher Nation. Oh. And then uh, I also had uh, some drinks with uh, this fucking guy right here. Uh, there, there it is. Who the hell is that guy? Oh, he's ugly. A long That's time me. ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so then, uh, you know, it was just a lot of good fun, man. Just It's weird when I looked at these pictures today because there's Bleacher Jerry. Look how whole... close we're standing together. Right. That standing doesn't close, seem right. getting drunk, having fun. Holding the same flag, and we don't even have hand sanitizer on us. Just we, like have it. we haven't washed our hands in hours at this point. But, you know, you had the Cubs versus the Giants, NLDS game one, and it, there was just magic in the air that night. It was it was definitely exciting. You know, it just felt like, the, you know, 2015 felt like unfinished business. We're going to get into 2016. We're excited. You know, they lined everybody up there, and the Giants had that even-year magic thing going. And we even had Mike Dicka yelling, screaming before the game. <laughs> it looks like he's going to have a stroke there. And, uh, you know, Billy Williams kind of comes out and, and throws the first pitch, which was awesome. Uh, back then, the dugout, the, they still had the bullpen mounds, which were awesome on the side. So you could just see the guys warming up. So it was just absolutely amazing. And then uh, I was there with my pops, which was a lot of fun. You know, we knew this was going to be a special game. And so since we're going to get dinged anyway by the YouTube censors, I got a video. We talked about the Theo press conference and about – Hitting fastballs in the zone. Now, if you were at this game, it was John Lester versus Johnny Cueto. And those guys were absolutely dealing. They were dealing. Cubs can't hit anything. Giants can't hit anything. These guys are looking like studs. But then Cueto makes one mistake to Baez. And this is what we didn't see this year. Take a look. You're going to see on this video clip, they're going to show you with a red dot where the catcher wants it. And you're going to see with the green dot where it ends up. Now, the wind is blowing in here, but let's check this out. Listen to, uh, what's his name, Matt Visagian or whatever. 
Listen to his call. Matt, Matt Vaz Deference, I believe, is his name. Check it out. <laughs> That was all it took, that one thing. Now, here's the thing. Where I'm at, where my seats are in the first row in the upper deck, I can tell a home run pretty much instantly. You know what I mean? And that ball off the bat, when you heard the call, everybody knew, thought that that was a home run. If you look at Bias from the video, he's just pimping the shit out of it. And then all of a sudden, I've never seen a – one other time I did, it was Barry Bonds, but that ball was crushed. I think if there was no win that day, I think it hits the rooftop. I think if the wind's blowing out, he pulls a Tuffy Rhodes and lands on top of the rooftop. That's how hard and how high and the launch angle off that ball was going. But as it is, when every time, like I said, you just always take a look at what the batter does. You look at it off the bat, and then you always look at the outfielders to see how they're reacting. And so I see him crush it, and I go, yeah, I know it's going to be gone. But now all of a sudden I take a look at Angel Pagan, former Cub Angel Pagan's left fielder for the Giants, and I'm seeing he's tracking the ball. He's watching this thing. And that ball, that ball that looked like it should have landed on the roof, ended up in the basket. In the basket. Yeah. And there's a picture of it right here, right above the Toyota sign. So there was the video board so nobody could grab it. But it was right there. And it barely rolled down the top of that. And that game was one to nothing. And that, that the score held up. Yeah, I was in Terrace Reserve, so every fly ball that day looked like a home run. That's just kind of <laughs> how that works in Terrace Reserve. So, uh, I mean, we were going to talk a, maybe a little bit about – is that the end of your story? That's the end of or, my story. Or, there's not a part where you, like, you know, get really drunk and end up, like, wearing Rodney Woo Woo's pants, and he's still I, wearing them, too, at know, the same time. And, here's the <laughs> thing, man. It's it's off the balcony. That, that game was so – fucking Bernie the Brewer. That game was so freaking fun. Like the excitement and everything like that. It was like, you know, usually when you get drunk, you know, it's like a normal game. But in playoff, you know what I mean? Like you want to kind of be like completely aware of shit that's going on and making sure you know what's going, you know, what's happening. So, you know, it was a, it was a weird thing. And, and it was like, I was so geared up that whole season to know, like, my goal was to be ready all the way through November. And that's exactly what we did is we wrote it through November. The amount of games we went to, the amount of late nights. Uh, not sleeping. I didn't sleep the night of the parade. Uh, the night before I was in Grant Park, I got like two hours sleep. I mean, I, I don't know if I could do it right now. Now that I'm a little bit older, five years older, it might be yeah. a lot more difficult. No. But and I hit that, that right. Was, you know, I was, I was definitely in my early forties and not like heading towards my late forties. Uh, I got bit by bed bugs uh, only a few days <laughs> later after that. Uh, I in went San to San Brandon, Francisco. Yeah. yeah. I got bit by bed bugs. Uh, and I swelled up real good. I, and so I was going to those games in San Francisco uh, with uh, terrible welts all over my arms. So even though it was kind of warm in the daytime, I was so embarrassed by like the 20 bites, of bed bug bites on my arms that were like, you know, I looked like a leper is what I'm saying. Like a, that was a, a, an incredibly interesting time of our lives. And uh, well, thanks for sharing. Uh, we had a blast, man. We had a, we had a good time and, and I'll never forget going down to Wrigley on the clincher, even though the Cubs lost that day. Uh, the, I think the Giants beat the Cardinals, and Danny and I were a G-man, and we walked out to see the 2016 NLDS champs go up on the marquee. We, we walked all the way down to watch that, and then I crashed at Danny's place, and then the next morning we went to the game. It was the Kyle Schwarber bobblehead game, and you got the picture of Montero 
on the walk off. I think it's hanging in your house. Yeah, it's hanging in my house. And uh, and and I'll say this too about uh, just kind of that period uh, is that the Giants specifically played us so tight, and mm-hmm. you know that was one of the best rivalries uh, you know there was that series in 2015 where the cubs won at wrigley and then uh it, it was all like four three games and it, it just went like that for a few years until because they were at the end of their believing situation and i think you know maybe just to kind of like wrap up what we've been talking about is that and Theo's press conference and what happened with the Giants, because the Giants were a good team. They were built like the Cubs were to, you know, go every other year and, and win the World Series a few times. And, uh, you know, the Cubs couldn't pull that off. Cubs, Cubs couldn't pull off what they did with that with their core that the Giants did with theirs. And we caught them at the end and we were the, the you know, the, the uh, kind of new kid on the block when uh, they were the old kid on the block, but they, uh, you know, they were, they were a, a great team and, it, and to beat them one, nothing, they had got the, the Cueto and even, they almost beat us. That, that series almost went back to Chicago. It went back game to Chicago, five. Lester versus Cueto again. I don't know yeah. if the outcome's the that same. was that was one of the greatest uh, comebacks I've ever seen in my life. That Ben Zobris, Wilson Contreras, everything that happened in that situation. I mean, that was a miracle Cubs team. You know, they had their backs against the wall a few times and they came through in big moments. That's something that we haven't seen really since then. I mean, maybe the last time we really saw it in the postseason was that national series, you know, because they pretty much like shit the bet against the Dodgers who are a powerhouse in 17. And it's, and I don't think we've had a lot of faith because uh, they, you know, Theo's, what he's built recently has not worked out. You know, it takes, uh, he's, I think he's in the same way that Theo is obsessed with finding market inefficiencies, which might be his detriment, you know, to be like, I don't, I don't, I I actually, I think he doesn't understand what the market inefficiencies are anymore. Yeah. I I think that's right. So uh, you can't exploit them. Uh, So, and in the same way that that's a failure, I feel like uh, I forget the the rest of my point, but I would say be careful on it just because when Theo left and it looked like everything was shit for the Red Sox, you remember the whole chicken and beer scandal. And I think he had lackey and it was Lester, shit when he left. Yeah, and it was shit. But a couple of years later, a lot of players that he, that he was responsible for drafting and developing made up the core of that next World Series. Well, you got Ed Howard. But they had to get rid of him to see those guys up at the top. So let's get rid of Theo and have some of these guys in the lower ranks that we've never heard of come up. Again, well, we'll I, I think they're going to let him smoke cigars together one last year. This will be the core Theo farewell tour. They should actually just tell the fans that's what we're doing. And if we can get something for these guys, it, you know, it, it, maybe who knows? Maybe they come out again real hot next year. They play one sixty two, and uh, you know they they win. I don't know. They go twenty and ten to start the year, and everybody's all excited. You know, I, maybe th- they uh, stick to it and get hot and like add to that situation and pay the money one last time. Like that's all we can really hope for because otherwise it's a rebuilding situation where you get what you can for these guys, try to rebuild for the future. And maybe you're even trading dudes that you don't want to trade that are still inexpensive relatively like Will Contreras and well, that's, that's David Bowie. That's what they've done for years is trade guys that they don't really want to trade in order to keep this 
thing afloat at the top of the division. To be fair, they've been at the top of the division, but it's yeah we we could have benefited from maybe a couple less trades and been third a couple of times. Well, the Giants maybe had it right. Just go every other year. You know what I mean? Get rid of this guy. You were like, okay. you know. And and, and again, guys, the difficulty of this, I know people want to say the 85 Bears or whatever, but the difficulty of that, think about when we were growing up, those Braves teams of the 90s. You had three of probably one of the best starting three rotation in all of baseball when you talk about Madden, Glavin, Smoltz. You had great teams. The Braves won the division how many years straight? 14. And how many World Series? One. Not that easy, guys. Weird shit happens in baseball. It yep. ain't that easy. Base- baseball's play. tough. Yeah. And uh, I guess uh, we, or we at least make- it used to be before they in- instituted uh, <laughs> 16 teams getting into the fucking playoffs. And well, now we- it's. Yeah, Bullshit. well, yeah, because we lost to the Marlins, you know, so the, now we're sitting home. Davey beat Goliath, which I think we all kind of knew was going to happen. I don't know if anybody was too, like, all, so all we, shocked, What are we keep saying? All we kept yeah, saying was, yeah. look, let's just hope we get in and get on a hot streak. And guess what? We didn't. It didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. They <laughs> well, scored one run. Yeah. They, no, I don't think anyone here, like in 2016, I would have been so disappointed if we didn't win the World Series. This year? I was just I, – I didn't think they were going to win. Yeah, you're, you're playing with – we're, we're playing house, with house, house money a, a little bit. Yeah, so um, – all right, TFCs. All right, we got to pinch off this episode at some point b- before uh, I fall asleep live on air. <laughs> you guys have any here? I, I've kind of given mine this whole okay, time. Okay, you've already given yours. I got one here. Um, Obviously, Dumb Donnie uh, came down with COVID this week. Oh, yeah. And uh, Breakfast Machine just out of the blue. Don't let the president's health distract you from the fact that Tom Ricketts really sucks. Yeah, the Ricketts boys, not a not a good look. I, I really enjoyed the fact that here we are talking about the president and COVID and somebody's like, oh, but but don't forget, Tom Ricketts also sucks. No, he is uh, related in some way. They are the same lizard species. Yeah. From planet Z, planet Zenu. So you got another one? I do have one more, Carly. None. No, I'm not. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Cubs bot. Some of you are so ignorant. Tyler Chadwood is ten times better than Daniel Descalso, <laughs> and that, my friends, wraps up the 2020. Chicago yeah. Cubs season. Totally. The fact that anybody would have an argument about whether Tyler Chatwood was better than Daniel Descalso. Well, he was 10 times better. And uh, <laughs> do you know who doesn't give a shit about any of it? This woman, Juliana Zobrist. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyone else having this kind of day, it says, and – my lord, she's got some green goop on her eyes. Yeah, what the fuck is going on? And uh, yeah, this is from her Instagram. Uh, the the roots are very rooty, and uh, that's cool. I actually if like. I Look, went, it looks purposeful. Like uh, if when I you went rip to a jeans. Halloween shop, I could find this to stick in my window to frighten people because <laughs> her the way her teeth, she's got her, her lips are wide open. Her yeah. teeth are like. 
the skull, but it's the and, green. And her eyes are closed, and she looks dead. And so she's, I don't know. It's it's quite the uh, the look. And anyone else having this kind of day? She says, and uh, no, Juliana, we really weren't, or kind of. I don't know. Until don't you know. came along. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I wasn't, she, but just now. She annoys the living shit out of me. Like it's one of those things that like I should really just not follow her or look at her, or pay attention to her, but I can't help myself. I uh, love Juliana Zobrist. Yeah, one hundred percent. I love her, but I'm only exposed to her when Danny brings her on the show. Uh, <laughs> so that's the only version that I know, and that's the only version that I love. All I'm going to tell you is it's just so much sanctimonious bullshit that like you just like it. It just comes across as so contrived and so fake. She drives me up a wall. Yeah, no, it's wonderful. We have to have <laughs> her on the show. We'll have her sing the national anthem sometime on, uh, I don't know, the the solstice or something, because as she finds herself. Uh, but now, now that is my goal for the off season. I'm going to make contact with Juliana Zobrist and her people. Yeah, no, oh, I, yeah, you'll get arrested I, for that. I, no, I guarantee. <laughs> oh, not once, that kind of contact. No. <laughs> I I guarantee once once we all hang out, it'll all be fine. All right, I'm going to yeah. get her on the show. Book uh, it. So, uh, I don't know. How, how should we go out of this one? Hey, it was a fun year, guys. I enjoyed doing the pre and post. I enjoyed going to the rooftop. We tried our best to bring home a winner. Shit didn't happen. Let's get him next year. Yeah, and I should say that we're planning on going live on Wednesday nights. That's that's the uh Yeah, the, Wednesday the night's going to be our day. If people yeah. want to actually tune in for this. Yeah, hopefully there's not a uh, – a vice presidential debate on the next one. <laughs> every every week we promise to get better. We, well, <laughs> no, we don't. Every, every week at the end of the show, we promise that we'll say we're going to get better. Well, uh, you know what uh, Chris Bryant would say I about don't give a shit. How about that? Yeah, he doesn't give a shit. So uh, I, I say uh, like Theo. We fell short. <laughs> we fell short. We've fallen short. This is an end. We've fallen short. This is an end. Accountable. Accountable. This is an end. This is an end. So, fuck. I'm going to surprise <laughs> everybody. Uh, I will say that uh, this has been quite the interesting year. So, uh, Spagog, but it's been our year. Oh, uh, yeah. Spagog! Spagog! Let's do this. It looked bad for the cops. We were down three to one. But this year was our year. It took a long time to come. Took game five at Wrigley, headed back to Cleveland. Cause this year was our year, took a long time to come And I won't forget how you came back while rain was falling down The championship, what Haywood said in the locker room Gave you the strength to play on Now we're there and we've only just begun Cause this year was our year, took a long time to come the top of the 10th, the Cubbies scored two runs, cause this year was our year, took a long time to come, no more Billy Goat curses or blaming Bartman. 
Cause this year was our year It took a long time to come And I won't forget How you came back While rain was falling down The championship What Hayward said In the locker room Gave you the strength to play on Now we're there And we've only just begun Cause this year was our year It took a long time to Just begun, cause next year is our year. We don't only want one. My, 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 my. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Ready to elevate your home? 
Picture this, central heating, a cozy fireplace, or your dream walk-in closet. Build a backyard oasis, go green with solar panels, or start a business. It's all possible with Figure's home equity line of credit. Unlock up to $400,000. Apply online in five minutes. Funding in as little as five days. Head to figure.com and transform your home. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting, but Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past. And the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows.